Thank you all for letting me just go there and pray that off of me. And so, uh, but anyway, we've started this, we've been doing this series back and forth about the vision for dwelling place and the integral parts that God has given us the, in relationship to growing, giving, and connecting, which I, I believe is crucial for individually and also corporately. But the vision that God has given us is, if y'all would repeat that with us after me, please, uh, just, just, just speak it out in the atmosphere. I'm making a difference. Let's try it again. Making a difference by embracing God's heart and pursuing His presence. Pursuing His presence. Mitch last week talked a little talked about the effects of God in their midst. But what we really want to press this a little deeper, because if we're pursuing God's presence, what is that? You don't have notes. I don't have notes this morning. God just. I don't know why, but here it is. You're just getting it straight from here. Studied for days and a long time about this, but here it is. We're talking about pursuing a God, His presence. Like if I'm, you know, when I first saw Paula, you know, uh, well, she saw me first. She was refereeing an intramural football game, and and so she set her sights on me. Don't you tell her that? She did. I mean, she started pursuing me. I was just upset over there because he was marking the football wrong, and you know I was quarterbacking. So, so anyway, but there's this place of pursuit. You know, if I'm pursuing Paula, I know what it's like to pursue her in the physical. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah, we go there. You know, but not. But we know what I, I know what that's like. You know, I know what it's like to pursue. A, you know, a scholarship in baseball, basketball, not basketball, but football. You know, when I left, you know, I played baseball and I pursued a, a scholarship to play baseball. Played baseball until I blew my shoulder out. When I blew my shoulder out pitching, I pursued a, you know, scot- per- to play football. Then I realized I was a slow white boy and, you know, you throw the ball, but, you know, it kind of doesn't add up that the guy who's a defensive tackle can run a whole lot faster than me when I'm dropping back. You know, it just doesn't add up. Anyway, so I knew what it was like to pursue that. But what is it like to pursue a God, the presence of a God, who is a spiritual being? Well, we see in 2 Corinthians 3.18, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. For the Lord is the Spirit. John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, where it talks about those, the God is a Spirit, and those who come to Him or worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. What does it mean to pursue Him in the Spirit? Because how we look, what we look for, and how we look is, and where we look is critical. Not too long ago, I was, I was mowing the grass, and uh, blades broke. It just broke, you know, on the, on the mower out in the field. So I, I go and get new blades. The other ones were wore out anyway, so obviously broken too. And uh, so anyway, so I go get new blades and put them on. So, which is dangerous. Anyway, so I put these blades on this mower, and so I get mowing and, and uh, get mowing part of it, and then all of a sudden I was mowing up near the gate at the property, then I go over and start mowing out on the field, on the side field there. And uh, Next thing I know, I'm looking, you know, because this blade, this, this mowing deck on this thing's a pretty good sized mower. It's got three blades, you know. And so next thing I know, I'm mowing as I go and I come back and where I just mowed and I notice there's a big swath, right, you know, on the outside and the inside. The outsides, both sides are mowing, but the inside is just not mowed. And I'm going, oh no, <laughs> I didn't tighten that blade good enough and guess what? So I, you know, I pull it over on the ditch, look up underneath it, and sure enough, blade's not there. So I, so, you know, I, you know, I start looking, well, where it stop mowing, right? Makes sense to me. So I start looking for this blade, and it cost, and blades were expensive. And there were, they were orange and all that, too. It should be easy to find. I looked back and forth all around this place looking for this blade. Couldn't find it. So uh, I'm going, where is this thing? So I went, you know, two or three days, and I think I ended up getting another blade, put it on, 
start mowing back up again another time mowing. I had to hire somebody to mow it because my mower's down. And so I didn't have time. It was like, I think right in the middle of the conference or something. So I got somebody to mow it for me. Then I go back and mow up again the next time up front where, that, where I was mowing before at the beginning. And I look and there's the blade. In the, it was in the first place I was mowing. I just didn't notice it when I got up to the, to the, into the pig field. In other words, I was looking in the wrong place for the blade. Or, and so what is I speaking this and understanding this? God was telling me about pursuing his presence. Many times when we start to pursue his presence, we look in the wrong place. We look in the wrong way. And so God is a spirit. So to pursue him is, is to pursue a pursuit in the spirit. Let me give you some destinies. Let's go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. This destiny in the spirit of, of for us. 1 Peter 2, 5, I believe it is. Start at verse 4. And coming to him as to a living stone, rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up into a what? Spiritual house. First off, y'all, the characteristic of the church is not an organization that's to be physical and soulish and organizational and structure. It's a what? It's a spiritual house. We're being built up into a spiritual house. Notice our destiny as in the spirit, building a spiritual house. It says, for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Spiritual sacrifices. A spiritual house, a spiritual sacrifices to God. So if we're going to function to God, you know, the, the things that we do better be spiritual in nature. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. How can something physical can be spiritual? I mean, like, uh, you know, you'll hear us mention this a lot of times. Uh, you know, like uh, Rick and Bev Hickman, who, who, who faithfully are here to prepare things in the middle of the, the before church. I honestly believe that's a spiritual sacrifice. Not many of you see them except they may be sitting right back there. But that's a spiritual sacrifice. You know, or, you know, be honest with you, in my mind, uh, like uh, you get in a wreck. Somebody got in a wreck in our church one time recently. I think it was. I can't remember who it was. And all of a sudden they looked up, and one of the, was it you, Clark, or somebody, was it Tiny or, or Josh? Somebody was, EMT was there when they had that wreck, and it was just like, uh, I think it was Kristen. But she just all of a sudden that brought peace to them. That's a spiritual sacrifice. So, lest we, as we start to pursue this, when talking about with God, it's all ethereal and maybe the things what I'm doing here teaching is spiritual. Maybe not what I'm doing is not spiritual at all. But the reality is, so I just wanted to clarify something as we're taking this journey. But the destinies for us is God building a church into a spiritual house to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. But let's go with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Not only that, this spiritual destiny that we have to pursue God, and in pursuing Him, y'all, in Ephesians 1, 3, it says, we have been blessed with what? Every spiritual blessing, where? In the heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. In other words, if we're pursuing after God, it better be in the Spirit because here's the reality is, y'all, the blessings that God has for us are what? Spiritual. They will begin in the Spirit. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 following, it talks about, by faith we understand that God created the worlds out of that which is not seen. So that that which is seen is made out of the unseen. See, everything with God begins in the spirit. It's a spiritual blessing that can manifest itself in the physical. And that's, what, that's one of the things that's important for us to understand as we take this journey with the Lord. 
y'all, is that we're looking in the right field. We're looking at the right place, the right way. Because in the pursuit of God, in pursuit of this relationship with God, we want it to be a spiritual pursuit. Because the blessings that God has for us are spiritual in nature. And when those spiritual blessings from heaven are accessed, they will manifest themselves in the physical. For example, giving. A giving. Um, You know, um, there's many illustrations I could use in my own life, but I'll use one that you've heard before that is so so relevant to me. It was like with... uh, Remember the time that Jocelyn Hill, Schleter, and Pam McDonald, Pam Waters at the time, Pam and Jocelyn were living together, doing an internship together. Jocelyn, you know, uh, got her Jeep towed away. And Pam, you know, had $40 to her name. Back in those days, really, the in- well, it's still today. The interns, I mean, they were, you know, they lived... You know, and so Pam had $40, period. And so, but Jocelyn needed her Jeep, and Pam, Jocelyn didn't have any money, so Pam took her last $40 and gave it to, to Jocelyn. She says, here, Jocelyn, get your Jeep out. An interesting thing was, about the one week later, all of a sudden, Pam, out of the blue, receives, somebody calls her on the phone or gives somebody, I can't remember how the message was communicated, Pam, I understand that you've got $4,000 in credit card debt that's weighing you down. It's paid for right now. Is that a hundredfold return? Hundredfold return. Spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. That spiritual seed, $40. Y'all, that's a pretty good return on investment. I'm in business, y'all. Within one week, that's pretty good. You sow that. Pam, that's a spiritual blessing. And God's resources with God. And so it comes many times the things that God does in our life, y'all, they don't make sense in the physical. Because why? It's spiritual in nature. It's, it's, it has a, it's a spiritual seed that will manifest itself either spiritually or physically. And so you see these effects. So God's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We're a spiritual house being built up to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to our God. Go with me to, uh, oh, man, my mind went blank. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, go with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Sorry. Get so in the middle of this thing. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul's this prayer he makes, and he prays, he says, it says, I'll pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. God's will. Knowledge of his will. Okay. I mean, that's the question probably I could go around to college students. Yeah. Oh, I want to know God's will for my life. And when they ask that question, they're thinking about most of the time, uh, what job am I going to have? What relationship am I going to have? What's God's will for my life? But notice Paul's prayer. I pray that you be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all what? Spiritual wisdom and what? Understanding. In order that you may fill with the knowledge of his will in what kind of wisdom? Spiritual wisdom. Y'all, you remember in Dwelling Place we teach, what does wisdom mean? It means what? Movements. It has to do with movements. Knowledge is about the component parts. Wisdom has got to do with movements. So when you're asking for spiritual wisdom, you're wanting to understand spiritual movements. And so, why? Again, what we're saying is a pursuit of God is to pursue in the spiritual. You're going to receive from God, and you want God's will. It's going to involve spiritual wisdom and understanding, knowledge. Because it's those steps that, uh, that we take in the Spirit 
that sets us up for the things in our life. How did I end up here? I mean, the blessing that I've got to be a part of this church, the dwelling place, how do I end up here? I think, I think it's the moving of the Spirit that God started doing back 1978 when I graduated from college. And all of the passions in my heart were to just be a successful Christian businessman and deal Jesus with youth. It didn't matter. Wherever I did, wherever I could. You know, the times t- sitting in a class, and I mean, on a class in our living room with a living room full of, of people, I mean, youth, just crowded around our living room, just speaking Jesus to them. I believe this time began there because God, the Spirit of God was moving me in a way in my life to present me to this place that some of the, I think, the very destinies of God in my life. What is the Spirit doing? How are things moving? How is God moving things around in the Spirit to affect? You know, I, I think about the past scripture in, in, uh, in Psalms. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Uh, you know, it goes on, it says, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man to direct his steps. I mean, these steps that God's had in my life, it's not in me. This path that God has for me, it's not in me. The only thing that's in me is the purpose. But he's the one who directs the steps. He will make your footsteps into a way. He makes it spiritually moving things that affect to the physical. And so to pursue after God is is to pursue a wisdom in the spirit. Y'all, I'm going to say this, and so if there are any college students here, singles here, don't ask the questions, who is it I'm going to marry, what job, whatever. What you want to know is what is God doing in the spirit in your life to do things in you, to prepare you, to get you in position for the inheritance God's got for you. Why? Okay, well, God's blessings are for us in the Spirit. God is, you know, uh, doing this thing in, in relationship to building us up into a spiritual house to offer up spiritual sacrifices. We're crying out for the spiritual wisdom of God in order that, I love what it says there in verse 10, that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work. Wow, that's the end result of this. But on the flip side... Wow, the flip side is what? Ephesians six twelve. For our struggle is not against what? Flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual wickedness. Where? In the heavenly places. Second Corinthians ten three through five. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are mighty to God for the destruction of fortresses. Okay, all right. So God's got all this awesomeness, and to pursue Him and His presence is a pursuit in the spiritual. The struggle we're fighting is spiritual in nature. Well, let me just think. Let me take the negative side of this for just a second. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, no, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says this. In order that Satan may not take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Now, in dwelling place, you've probably heard quote that past scripture many times before. In other words, Paul's praying, in order that Satan would not take advantage of you if you're not ignorant of his schemes. Well, guess what? What if you're ignorant of his schemes? You're going to get what? Take advantage of. Some of you in this room are here wrestling with with issues in your life, and I'm not going about to start listing them off in any way, shape, or form, but I know this without a shadow of a doubt. Some of you are wrestling with issues in your life that you're trying to deal with them in the physical. They're spiritual in nature. And what God is crying out and saying to you, follow me, pursue me in the Spirit. Pursue this. Pursue me. Because the struggle is in the Spirit. Because all the blessings of God has for you in the Spirit. And we'll be talking about that at a later date. But So, y'all, you want to look for the blade in the right field. Or for our situation, we want to look for life 
in the Spirit. There's a passage in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, where Paul says, if we have died with, you know, it says, if we died with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated. It goes on to say, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated. Sorry, I got that quote, misquoted. But then he says this, for we have died and our life is hidden with Christ in God. For we have died and our life is hidden with Christ. That's, that's a, what's that term? It's opposite, I forgot. Opposites, oxymoron, yeah, yeah. That's opposite. I've died, and my life is hidden with Christ in God. It's interesting. Do you know that realize this in the Scriptures, in the Spirit, and the Word of God, there's three types of life that's mentioned, particularly the first two I'll focus on right now. There's bios life. That's this existence right here, physical. That's called bios. But there's another Greek word for life, zoe, is the word for, and it usually correlates to life in the Spirit. It's a spiritual life because God is a spirit. And Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is life. God is life. So it's got to be pursued in the spirit. Y'all, it's not going to be how many cars we've got, how, many, how, how much money we've got in our bank account. It's not going to be what, what kind of relationship we have or what. You know, you know it kind of, you know, it's this thing about the eternal. What's internal? What lasts? What, what is fullness of life? I've got thinking about this because, you know, a lot of things you'll have because I've worked with college students and I'll, you know, for many years. But I got thinking, if I took a college student, somebody who was single, and if I could plug something into their head and chart out how, what percentage of their thoughts had to do with relationship-oriented thoughts, it would be interesting. 75%, you think, maybe? Sometime, I, I say, I know if I plugged it in there, it'd be, whoa. Oh my God, Mary! Oh, what do I got to do to do this? I, oh, all of a sudden, does she like me? She like me? <gasps> you know, whatever. And then I got thinking about it: is marriage is the thing that we spend so much time focus on, and it's not the thing that's eternal. <laughs> Paul is awesome, but when I get to heaven, that's not a relationship that's going to be exclusively for Paula. I don't know how it works, y'all. Don't ask me right now. I'm not going to chase that rabbit right now. But see how we, we can get distracted? I mean, marriage is awesome. Yeah. To be honest with you, my conviction is marriage empowers me for the age to come. It's not the end. It's just the thing that empowers me for the age to come. Fellow heirs of the grace of life. But anyway, let me get back on track. Spiritual. This spiritual pursuit, which is life with God in the eternal. Okay. Well, what, how can I pursue into the eternal? How can I pursue into the spirit? Everything I'm doing, y'all, thinking about this, the thoughts that are flooding my conscious mind are what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling physically, what I'm hearing physically, what I'm feeling physically, what I'm seeing physically, is there anything else I could really throw into that? What you know, the effects? Whatever. Everything's got is flooding my mind right now. Is all physical senses. How can I pursue God and the Spirit? What is it? What is it? Then go with me to First Corinthians chapter three, if you would, please. Oh, with God, it's not something we need to generate up. You know, the love of God that God has in is in us, y'all. The, the, the destiny that I have to love Paula as Christ loved the church is in me. It's in me because who's in me? Jesus is in me. I don't have to generate it up. I don't have to discipline myself, y'all. I can't discipline myself to love Paula as Christ loved the church. I can't do that, but I can allow the spiritual seed of God's Word birth truth in me to cause a life out to loving her as Christ loved the church. I'm growing in that, y'all. It's not something I have to perform. So anyway, to pursue God in the Spirit, I don't want us to get in this thing of things to do. But really, what I want to say is, it's what, it's going to sound crazy, what not to do. How to keep from getting distracted. I mean, like, for example, let me give you an example of this before we get into this. Love. You know, in the New Testament, the battle is for love. 
I mean, you know, everything's about love. Love God. Love one another. This is the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and sincere conscience. Faith works through love. Uh, love never fails. Love casts out fear. Faith, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. And God has commended his love toward us in that he's given us Jesus. You know, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We love because he first loved us. The seed of love, the fullness of love is in me. I mean, that's why you see in the New Testament, is the big thing is, Paul makes a statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, you're not restrained by us. You're restrained by your own affections. That's why you see, like in, in 2 Timothy, it says, in the last days, men, will, it goes on and says, will become, list, I'm just going to list these off because I don't have them memorized in order. Lovers of self. Lovers of pleasure. Love of the world. Love of self. And without love. It's interesting. Everything's about love. It's love. You know, it's, you know, like I know this out of a shadow of a doubt. I could just take and swing with all my, Ben wouldn't like this, but with all my might at Danielle, and Danielle could not stick up her hand and just stop my fist straight on. He couldn't do that. She couldn't do that. But I believe this, if she did the wax on, wax off, you know, you know, as I swung with her with all my might, no, the other way, it would be the other way, that way, I could end up on the floor. My force against me. Satan cannot stand against the force of love. The only thing he can do is distract it. Instead of being lovers of God, lovers of pleasure. Instead of lovers of God, lovers of self. Instead of lovers of God, love the world. You know, the interesting one, without love. But anyway, what's that got to do with the Spirit? Because that's everything. Because life in the Spirit is love. But what I'm trying to say is, y'all, you and I are created spiritual beings. When you're born again, you're created with the capacity to interact with God in the Spirit. To interact with God in the Spirit. Relationship. He who joins himself to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Wow. Our bodies become a what? A temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. A spiritual destiny. To us, having spirits that are made alive. Born from above. Our Father who is in what? Heaven. Our Father who's in heaven, who's a spiritual being, created us, spiritual beings, to have an effect in the spirit, to communicate with him in the spirit, to touch things in the spiritual realm. But like love, very force cannot be stopped straight. All the enemy can do is what? Distract it. So what's the battle for? What, let me, here's my question. What initiates you into the spirit? What initiates it? What is the doorway for you to like peek into, through, into the spirit? Did I say go to 1 Corinthians? We don't want to go there. We'll go to Ephesians chapter 1. Sorry, I got out of order. And I'll get to these places, two things, three things real quick. But I want you to ask this question. How do you see into the Spirit? Y'all, right now, I have to have glasses to see right now. Well, I used to be. I used to have real good eyesight. But now, I have to have these glasses. That's how I see things. And like you know, what can happen is, Shay Sizemore, he notorious for this until he started having to wear glasses. But he would do this. <laughs> Just put his finger, and what am I seeing? Shay, don't do that. He'd go. <laughs> <laughs> and now I go. <laughs> and he goes, what is he doing? He's trying, what does that do? It affects my what? Eyesight. Instead of seeing clearly, I see a fingerprint. So what am, what am I looking through in Ephesians chapter 1? Watch this in verse, verse 17. Paul says in verse 16, I do not cease giving thanks for you, making mention of my prayers. What's he praying? I know this may sound deep, y'all, and this is not for like, 
easy Sunday morning stuff, but I want you to understand this. Watch this. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of him. Now, now this thing words out weird. Now, you have to follow me here for a second. Don't let me lose you, please. Paul's praying that you may have a spirit, the characteristic of your spirit, in other words, how you see into the spiritual realm, how you interact, not see, how you connect with God, the characteristic of your spirit, my spirit, is wisdom, revelation of the knowledge of him. Okay? Now, one thing that I know, and it, the programming in your heart determines how your spirit functions. Your spirit is like a modem. It's a phone modem. The phone modem, is that right? Am I telling my age? Rick, is that right? Am I telling my age? Yeah. Do they have modems still? Cable modem. I just better shut up. I better shut up. Sorry, all my ignorance. I do know this, that the programming on my, down in my computer somewhere dictates how I interact on the Internet. And the programming I have has on my computer determines what I receive on the Internet. The other day, I, have to, I had to receive some information from, uh, I was trying to get my transcripts from my old school days. You know, I think they put it on, before they put microfilm, they put it on stone. You know, I feel like it. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, uh, and so they sent me my, my transcripts. But as soon as I start trying to download it, they say, in order to read this, you have to have Java? Is this no, I don't know. It's something. Something. You had to download another program so I could read that pro read what they sent me. In other words, the programming on my computer determines what I was able to read and receive. The programming in your heart determines how your spirit functions. Look at this. That you may have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. This is it, literally written in the Greek. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened. The way this thing's written in the Greek, literally what happens is when your heart is enlightened, the eyes of your heart are enlightened, you see in the spiritual like this. How do you see in the spirit? With your heart. Say it. How do you see in the spirit? With your heart. Why does it say, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God? When your heart don't have fingerprints of Shea Sizemore on it, you can see clearly in the physical, when your glasses are. When our, the eyes of our heart are not stained with something, you can see clearly into the spirit. You want to function in the spirit? Function from where? from the depths of your heart. That's why there's such a battle for the heart. Because Satan's trying to block off areas of our heart that we can't see. The program in your heart determines how you see everything, how you feel everything. You're not going to receive anything from God that your heart, because God is spirit, will not allow you to receive. I'll give you an example. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence where before God. Follow this. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Why is confidence important? Well, Hebrews 4.16 says, let us draw near with confidence to where? The throne of grace that you might receive mercy and find grace and help of, help of time of need. What if your heart condemns you? What if your heart does not condemn you? You have confidence. What if your heart does condemn you? What will you not have? confidence before God. I've shared this illustration hundreds of times. A girl a long, long time ago, none of you know, but she came to me one time saying that she was sexually abused by her dad and the pain of the events tormented her. And I've had this happen many times before since then. She said the pain of the event has tormented her and she's asked God many times to heal her heart of the pain of the abuse. And uh, and she goes to me, she says, God has not come to me to heal my heart. And she was mad at God because God had not comforted her. And I mean, I, and I, and when she said God has not comforted her, I'm going, that ain't possible. I, I mean, myself, I didn't say it out loud because she was so broken and wounded. I wasn't going to dare say anything to hurt her. 
because I know God's, you know, a bruised reed he will not break, a dimly burning wick he will not snuff out, and that's one of those I mess up. There have been two or three times I've talked with people, God says, you better be very careful what you say. If you screw up, I'm going <laughs> to... Because the person I'm ministering to is so delicate, you know. And so I, I you know, and I just, oh, I just, Lord, what's the deal? And that's when the Lord revealed to me, the solidified to me, that what? A girl that's been abused, what's the number one attack that Satan will put on her? What? It's her fault. And this young girl, she did. She received the lie. Oh, if I hadn't have done this, my father wouldn't abuse me. Oh, it's my fault. I'm going, I'm going, that's the biggest lie. Pit of hell. We dealt with the lie in her heart, you know, instantly. You know what happened? The comfort of God came into her. Why? The eyes of her heart were opened up so she could receive from her father who was in heaven, who's a spiritual being. See, one thing that she was not going to do, God, she'd already been abused once. Well, somebody else had been forceful on her. One thing God was not going to do, he was not going to rape her. He was not going to push himself into her. He had lovingly hold his hand out and brought us in a way to bring truth to her because he's a spiritual being trying to give her spiritual blessings that will manifest in the comfort of God in the physical. And I watched that that day, a simple prayer. God, you know, forgive me for receiving the lie that it was my fault. Simple prayer. Lord, I break that lie off of her in Jesus' name. And the power of God hits her, comforts her so intense. The comfort of God. She just laid there and wept. Laid there and wept for hours. The comfort of God. A spiritual being coming to her in the spirit. What paved the way? The eyes of her what? Heart. How do you see in the spirit? Is with your heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. The journey for us, y'all, is to allow our hearts to be free from the stains and effects of this world. Because Satan is constantly going, here, let me help you, tiny. He's coming at you all the time so that all you're seeing are fingerprints. But I had to remind you, the, thief, the fingerprints of the enemy is, what? According to John 10, 10, the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give what? Life and give it abundantly. The fingerprints of God. Now let me just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And 3 and we'll close this out. First thing that call of God is calling us to us right now is to pursue into the spirit. The journey into the spirit is with your what? Heart. Search, seek the Lord with all your heart. I will be found by you. The eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. With all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your understanding. All your heart. Y'all know how it is we draw a grid of a heart and how there's areas. It's in, it's in a grid and those grids correspond to particular areas in our lives and you're trying to see the life of God in particular areas, and the question is, what stained those areas in your heart? That's the first thing that I'm trying to clarify. But the second thing is, is what I want to say is, is this. You're looking, many of us are looking for life. What field are we looking for life in? And look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And Paul says to us, I could... I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but men of what? Flesh. Babes in Christ. See, y'all, we're talking about, these are people who are babes in Christ. The first distraction from you and I in the pursuit of God in the Spirit is we get stuck in the flesh. We get stuck looking for life in the flesh. If you'll notice how, how what's happened to the Corinthians here, he says, you're still fleshly. Your jealousy and strife among you are not fleshly. Are you not walking like mere men? How are they there? I'm of Apollos. I'm of Paul. In other words, they're dividing out in groups. They're looking for life. If we can order life in a way 
in the flesh, we'll have it. No, that's called flesh. The mindset on the flesh is death. The first distraction for you or I in our pursuit of God and God's presence is we get stuck looking for life in the physical, in the bios existence of this world. If you look in Luke chapter 8, where the parable of the seed and the sower, it talks about life, the riches and the carries and the worries of this life, bios, existence, come in and choke out the word. I just want to ask us, y'all, the first thing we're going to do is in dwelling place in a pursuing of God's presence is a pursuit that that which is in the spirit is the real stuff. Now, notice what he says, though. I could not speak to you as spiritual men. So we're seeing two delineations here. Let's pretend like, it's no offense for y'all guys here, but let's just pretend this Right here is the journey in the spirit. The first distraction is is the physical, the fleshly. Expressions in the world are fleshly, are are, are race, uh, gifts, abilities to perform, uh, our our sufferings, you know, or or you know, um, um, I forgot the other two. But anyway, but these fleshly expressions, you know, how to do it. In the flesh, just do it. Pursue what I just said earlier about relationships or whatever. If I can get my life in the flesh, okay. No, you won't find life there. I've tried it. I've tried it. But notice also in 1 Corinthians, let's go one chapter before in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 14. I'm going to start at verse 9 where it says, Things which has... Things just as it is written, which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and entered into the heart of men. All that God has prepared for those who love Him. For to us, God revealed them through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. The depths of God. Life, eye has not seen, all that God's prepared for us. Where's it at? It's the Spirit of God's revealing it. For who among men knows the, the literally the depths of a man except the Spirit of a man which is in him? Who... Even so, the depths of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us. Y'all, freely. I like that. Ain't no cost. Freely given to us by freely given us. I mean, if we did this, you know, had a a raffle, and I said, okay, Mitch said, okay, I'm going to give... Two-year salary to anybody here. You know, we're going to draw for it. And all you have to do is go claim it. Two or three people, I guarantee you this. You know, under your seat is a, is a raffle ticket. And you pick it up, certain number. Mitch will give your... <laughs> and underneath it, and I guarantee you have to come to the back and claim it. I guarantee you I'll be looking underneath that seat, grabbing it, and going to the back to claim it. God's saying, the thing's freely given to us by God. In the spirit. But watch this. In verse 13. Things which we do not speak in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining literally spirituals with spirituals. And notice the next verse. Natural man does not discern the things of the spirit. You know the Greek word for natural there is the Greek word. <coughs> I'm sorry. Not nomadikos, I'm sorry, I quote the wrong word. Um, it's soulish, sukakos. The intellectual, thinking it through. Let me have the mindset, let me think it through. Let me just think this stuff through, God. Let me make, make sense about it. No, y'all, okay, let me just say this. The person is just purely intellectual, philosophy of religion. I took a philosophy of religion class in seminary, one of the worst things I ever did in my life. Four-hour class. I think it was two eight-hour, four-hour class. I think it was eight hours. You know, the summary of all of the philosophy of religion class was man cannot philosophically get to God. <laughs> I, spent, I spent a lot of my hours of my life in a philosophy of religion class. All they had to do was call us in the first day of class and say, all the philosophies of men do not lead you to God. That's why you see in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, see to it now you take you captive through philosophy. It doesn't work. The soulish man cannot discern the things of the Spirit, for they are what? Foolishness to him. Now, I want to say this. Look at verse, verse 15. 
Is the physical important? Yeah. Is the spirit is the is the is the thinking important? Yeah. But notice what it says in 2 Corinthians, I mean 1 Corinthians 2:15. For he who is spiritual appraises, discerns all things. All things. That's why one of the things I love being in business is, is that I love being with the businessmen who are men who understand, they understand physical things. I mean, they understand relationships with people and how to order relationships with people, and they understand these things, and they understand about doing it right. Simple things like, oh, there's a piece of paper on the floor. Y'all heard me, that's pet peeve on mine. Anyway, a piece of paper on the floor or, or somebody's doing the small things right. They know, understand those things. And they know that doing the small things in business, in the physical, is profitable. Does that make you profitable in and of itself? No. But those things are important. Spiritual man discerns this. Ah, the spiritual man discerns all things. Ah, the things in the mind. Intellectual. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's why I love being around men who are brilliant. Men and women who are brilliant. And they understand. They think. They process things. They ask the hard questions. They're thinking it through. But the main focus of their life is this. Believing that this gives understanding for this and believing that this gives understanding for this. Because the spiritual man discerns all things. What God is calling us to is to pursue Him in the presence. His presence. It cannot be a journey in the soulish, soulish, Cannot be a journey in the physical because these things will distract us from this. But a journey into this will integrate both this and this and the spiritual man discerns it all. Discerns it all. And our country, I believe, was founded on men who had bits of revelation from God about the realities of this. And I think it does well for us to understand this. Pursue God in His presence because pursuit of God in His presence is a pursuit in the spiritual, embracing all of this. And you know what the natural result is? We will make a difference in this world. We'll make a difference. To pursue after God in His presence. Now, what did I say is the doorway into the spiritual realm? Our what? Heart. Everything that we got to do is a doorway of the heart. Now, I just want to ask you this, and this is just a slight deviation. Imagine our heart being round, okay? And it projects light. Okay, it's just like a laser, giant laser. And, or a big light, a light. And so what we, what we focus this on is where we receive. So you focus your heart into the soulish, that's what you receive. You focus your heart into the physical, that's what you'll receive. But you focus your heart into the spiritual. Okay, let me ask you a question. If I drew a sights on this heart, what would the sights be? Wherever I aim these sights at is what I'll be. It'll be the doorway into the spirit. What are those sights? What are they? Guess. Can you guess? What's everything about? What? Love. The goal of our instruction is what? Love. Anybody thinks they know something? They do not yet know as they ought to know. But if anyone what? Loves, he's known by God. So I just want to ask us right now, the question is, is God's calling us into a relationship into the Spirit. We're going to go into doorway. We're going to, we're going to focus on how do, you, how do you function in the Spirit? How do you look in the Spirit? How do you, how do you, what do you look for for God working in the Spirit in, the, in what we see? How do we respond to what we're hearing? How do we respond in relationship to what we feel? We're going to go into those things so that practically we will understand how to pursue the presence of God. I just want so much for that, for all of us in this place. God's presence, a pursuit. But what I'm trying to say is the first step for us is to understand that everything that God's got for us is in this journey, in the Spirit. What sets the direction into the Spirit 
is my heart, and the sights of my heart is love. Satan wants me to love that which is in the flesh. Satan wants me to love that which in my head. Think it through. I can do that. I will say this is a little commercial. I'm, one thing y'all can pray for me about, and I've asked the elders to pray about it, and I'm pursuing, a, I'm pursuing getting a doctor's degree in, uh, in uh, a doctor's degree in leadership and uh, renewal. Why? I think there's revelation from God for me to get in the area of leadership. And so I'm going, God's saying, he was a man who was skilled in labor. He will not perform before obscure men. Am I trying to become something? I could care less. I told the professor that's talking about I said, I don't care less about the degree. I could care less about that. I just know that there's God's wanting to impart something into my heart. To, I don't know how I got there, but say you can pray about that. But I don't, but here's the journey, y'all. That we set our hearts in a direction that we're, our heart is pursuing after God in the spirit. I love you, God. I love you, God. Not to get distracted in the flesh, not to get distracted into the soulish, even though these things are important when we embrace this. Dwelling place has got to be a church that thinks into the spirit because God is building what kind of house? To offer up what? Spiritual what? Sacrifices. Acceptable to God. So I don't know how I got here, except God said do this. I, I do know that I want to ask you this. The areas that I know with shadow of doubt, some of you have gotten distracted. You've got distracted into the flesh, to the soulish. And some of you have never even wakened the possibilities of what it means to walk in the fullness of the Spirit in this place. And I just want to present to us, y'all, that we pursue this journey to practically understand every minute of every day to saturate ourselves with the spiritual life of God. That we're in a journey to know Him and find Him. Because I know that when we find Him, we find you know, in His presence is fullness of joy and at His right hand are pleasures forever. We find His kingdom. We find His rule and reign. Man, his kingdom, His rule, His reign. So, anyway. Mitch, you, you got something you want to add? Do you want to pray for people in that realm? But a couple of things that... Um, Cool testimony. Brandon was texting me uh, while I was up here. Just a couple of the kids when uh, Allison was teaching down there and just teaching about this ever-present God. And she just asked a couple if anybody wanted to receive Jesus as Lord, and two of them did. So anyway, I just wanted to say that. It's awesome. So let's give the Lord the praise for that. It's awesome. Um, two things else that we're going to pray, f- pray for. Um, the healing team just really heard... Um, Anybody that had stomach issues, uh, anything dealing with uh, that, um, they're going to pray for. uh, Where's Brandon? Oh, Brandon, they'll pray up here afterwards. So just want to encourage you if that's something you're doing. And also, um, Cora, it's also a great thing about texting and when you're up here. (laughs) Cora also, where is Cora? She's in here somewhere. There she is. (laughs) I just hadn't seen. Cora also was just hearing that we also need to pray for, she was just saying that, you know, even the number one, when we were praying for the officers and also the um, military, you know, one of the number one things in relationship to them is dealing with depression. And, of course, the end result of that sometimes, a lot of times, that's the number one killer for them is suicide. And so we're just going to, I just want to pray for that. I just felt definitely led to, to pray over uh, our, those, those people have to deal with trauma and have to deal with the effects of it. You know, we need to be sensitive and also covering them and praying for them as well. So. Yeah, there's something I want to add into that. Talking about spiritual sacrifices um, into relationship to these people that God gives us to serve us in this community. Um, about a couple months ago, Jim and myself and uh, George were going down to Big Stone Gap to deal with Big Stone Gap and hang out with them. And we got hanging around there too late on, on a Tuesday night, and I had an early morning, Wednesday morning, and we're driving back, and so I come back on 460. I'm driving back, and... And I'm just in a hurry to get home and get in a bed. So I'm in a hurry to get home and get in a bed. 
So I'm going through Tazewell County, and, and all of a sudden I come around the curve, and sitting right there on the hill is a state policeman. So, so you know, and I look down at my speedometer, I'm going 69, and I'm, you know, around Giles County, it's 65, but, you know, speed limit, but it was 55. So all of a sudden, I, you know, I pull up and see, I see the guy, he pulls, uh, pull, uh, turns his lights on, and here he, you know, so I pull over, and, you know, always oh, those guys, I just want to tell you all this, you know, at night, I can't, I, I don't know how, y'all, Clark, I don't know how you guys do that, you know, walking up to a car in the dark, so I always purposed if I get pulled over at night, you act like I'm experienced at this, but... <laughs> I've had to ask for print, but I, I just turn all my lights on in the car, you know, because I don't want this guy's guessing. And so anyway, I turn all the lights on in the car, and the guy comes up, and he's just very professional and very courteous. And anyway, so he, you know, gives me a ticket, you know. And he was. I mean, what? I was guilty. I didn't try to, uh, you know, I just, I'm sorry that you had to pull me over. Well, anyway, so, you know, I called in and it cost me $150 and, and I looked at the bottom down there and it says you got any comments or questions on the uh, officer um, call in the Lord said you call in so I called and I just said I just want to tell y'all uh, um, that I just want to thank God thank you for this officer he pulled me over and gave me a ticket and he was very professional and very courteous. And I just want to just commend him for, for that. I was speeding. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I was speeding. And uh, I just want to thank, you for, thank him. And I, I just want to share that with you because it's sort of in line with what God was giving me earlier. Is that, that uh, these guys, these men and women, both, I, and I forgot firefighters. Do you have any firefighters in here? You know? I didn't think we did, but, but anyway, to bless them. And so I just want to say that. Y'all, if you get a chance to thank these people, uh, you know, you see a policeman in the, or an a, or a ambulance people and the fireman in a, in, a, in a restaurant eating, go up and bless them. Thank them. And you'll be surprised how much it will minister into their hearts. I just, for some reason, I just want to share that and spoke that. That's good. So, so let's just stand. I just want to pray. Um, Brandon, if you could come up here, if I can have some of the just uh, um, first responders come up. Just, uh, I just want to pray over those. If you have prayer in relationship to healing, in relationship to uh, stomach issues or anything else, feel free, any, any other physical, feel free to come and get prayer. I also just heard that, you know, as I close, I'm going to pray and then close, but I just felt like if you're, if you're having trouble with the eyes of your heart needing to be enlightened, um, just come and get prayer. I mean, I felt like that, that was that response. It was, you know, you know, sometimes we hear that scripture, blessed are the pure in heart. Well, I'll never get there. I hear, I heard that. I, I just hear that in the spirit. Somebody's saying that, well, it doesn't even matter. I won't get there. No, God, God can get you there. The eyes of your heart can be pure so that you can see God fullness of God. So I just want to pray that. So Lord, we just thank you for this morning. God, thank you for, God, I just know I was, Lord, there was this revelation coming this morning to me. God, open up my eyes to see, Lord, the spiritual eyes to see, Lord, the, that call. And Lord, we just do want to pray for the uh, these situations. I want to do, just highlight these, uh, the officers and and firefighters, ambulance workers, uh, the, the military, people that have to live in not only battle, but also just trauma and having to, and, and, and those, those things that they have to witness and have to walk through. And Lord, we just want to pray in Jesus' name that you would supernaturally protect them, God, their heart, their mind, that they won't have to shut down totally and go and just be totally shut down. But Lord, as their heart is open, that you would bring healing. So that it wouldn't be so heavy that they would go to depression or even suicide. We just pray in Jesus' name for just supernatural protection, that they would know you, Lord, so that they could walk through those moments and through those t situations in the Spirit with you. And, Lord, we just thank you for that. And, Lord, I also just want to just lift up this morning. We just thank you for your faithfulness, God. Thank you for your goodness. And, and Father, for anyone that needs just even prayer or even just their spiritual eyes awakened, 
Lord God, or maybe it's just uh, they, they just want to come to that place of knowing you. Lord, maybe there's somebody in this place that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, and don't, they don't even have their spirit awakened to who you are. God, I pray for that. I thank you for the two children that said yes this morning. God, and I just pray for any of us adults, maybe we need to become that childlike faith and say, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I haven't taken that step. I, I need to take that step. I just want you to come find somebody up here and then come and say, that, that was me. I, I need to make Jesus Lord of my life so that I can start this spiritual life in Christ. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. I bless you. Just, just send these men and women and children off in the Spirit. Lord God, just let their week be full of your Spirit. Be, their eyes be open to see things they haven't seen uh, because they've been maybe looking so much in the flesh or the soul. But, Lord, you just reminded me, this aisle is pretty thin. Lord, it's easy to walk in the flesh. It's easy to kind of walk in our own soul. But, God, I, I just pray that we would be men and women. God, the dwelling place of God that would live in the Spirit, that would live according to your Spirit and be that, Lord, living testimony, living sacrifice, God, of walking this thing out, in this, this life out in the Spirit. So, Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.